this is we still dealing with there is hope and this is another installment and probably concluding that series in terms of there is hope this message is called just keep believing all right okay so father god i just thank you again for your word and for the ministry of your word and for what you've been doing and speaking and now lord i commit this to you that you would guide you would undertake lord you would bring the substance of it to us lord and make us make us lord have the ability to apply it to our lives in jesus name i pray amen so keep on believing there is hope keep on believing lots of people lose hope lots of people get weary in their hope lots of people abort their hope but we want to say you know keep hope alive and just keep believing everything doesn't happen overnight or in an instant just imagine if we lived in a world where as soon as you snap your fingers stuff happened you know what kind of world we would have are people who are ill-nourished and um, ill-prepared because there's an, there's virtue to that old saying easy come easy go right if you didn't give something to get something you don't tend to appreciate what you get some things should cost you in terms of having you prepared to receive it because if you're not prepared to receive it then it doesn't work what it's worth when you get it sometimes god in his great divine wisdom keeps us in a place where we have to stay connected and plugged in so that we can receive the blessing so james chapter 1 verses 2 through 8 james 1 2 through 8 just keep believing my brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations now right there that first line presents a certain kind of challenge what are you asking me to do count it all joy when i'm suffering a trial <laughs> But in his good wisdom, Paul says, trust me, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith will get patience. How are you going to get patience if you don't face trials? How is a man going to get strong if he never knew weakness? How is somebody going to have sight? if they couldn't appreciate blindness there is a counter opposing balance to everything so that things are held in, in a right perspective you don't get one thing without the other so that you learn how to keep balance let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing just a translation of that word perfect literally means you will be mature okay because um, it's hard to get perfection from humans. <laughs> All right. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. I think I touched on this just a little last week before we went off into that other message that we preach let him ask in faith god responds to faith i made the distinction i'm gonna go over it briefly again 
God don't respond to your need. Everybody needs something. I need more hair on my head. I need to lose 30 pounds. I need a lot of things this morning. You know? I need all my bills paid. I, I need, those are things that I need. And so you have needs. But God responds to your faith. Not your need. Now, I, 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 I was talking to someone this week and we were talking about this very thing needs and wants and I said um, you know you want a pound cake and you want this and you want that and you, you, you define it as I, I need a pound cake I just got to have this and so I said you know here's the difference between a want and a need my leg is broken right now through some freak accident I need a ride to the hospital I don't want to ride. Are you following me? Yes. The critical nature of what the impending situation is changes it from a want to a need. Want seems to be luxury stuff most of the time. But a need is a dire situation where I got to have this. This is critical. I got to have this. And so, you know, what I'm trying to communicate this morning is that God responds to your faith there's a lot of things that we need but God responds to our faith he doesn't respond to every need willy-nilly he responds to our faith and by that I mean that place where you come to where you absolutely have no other choice that broken leg needs a ride to the hospital that broken leg needs a physician to put it in a cast and a patch and whatever else they do this is not play stuff anymore that's it. There is no, well, take me to the grocery store first. Or, or, no, I need that. I really, really do need that. It is critical. And it is that need that drives us to a place of faith. When you get to that place where you, you know that, you know that, you know, God, I really need this and I can't get it any other way. It is above and beyond my human condition to summon this thing and make it happen. I have to have faith i believe in god it's my only choice it's my best choice it's my best hope this is it lord and i cannot fulfill that thing any other way so you learn when you arrive at that place in life god faith my faith demands what i need so let him ask in faith nothing wavering don't be back and forth about it. One day you want it, one day you don't want it, you know. Uh, for he that wavered is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So how, how important is faith this morning? Enough where you can't be back and forth and double-minded about it. God says, look, if, if one day you're hot and one day you're cold and one day you're in and one day you're not, he says, don't think you're going to get anything this way. You see, that is double-mindedness. And a double-mindedness, a double-minded man just doesn't get anything. Because if you can't make up your mind about what you're asking God for, I mean, you kind of leave God in a position, you know, do you really want it? Um, I, I often tell the story of my, 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 I call it the red truck story, and I'm sure Joseph, I've heard this a, a lot of time, but um, my son, Jason, not Joseph, Jason used to ask for this 
this and that and this and that. And, and I learned, I learned a, a unique story from him asking for things because ever so often he would ask for something and then a day later he doesn't ask for it anymore. And he's forgotten. And so I'm going like, but yesterday he was all passionate about that. Today, it doesn't matter. And so I've watched him as he's growing up and I learned something that the Lord taught me through him. He would say, I want this, I want that, I want that. And I said, okay, we'll see about it. Tomorrow comes around, it's not an issue. But one day, he asked for a red fire truck. <laughs> he asked for a red fire truck. And the usual treatment. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see about it. And the next day came around. And he woke up. Dad, we're going to get the fire truck today? Yeah, hold on till Friday when I get there. Next day came around, fire truck, fire truck. For five days, he wanted a red fire truck. Unlike every other time that he'd asked for something, this time he was consistent. He never wavered. And it was the one toy that outlasted all his other toys. Because you know what? He was consistent. He wasn't double-minded. He didn't forget it. He didn't move on to something else. He stayed with it. He absolutely believed that he's going to get his fire truck. And he need so, so, so my whole theory of the red fire truck is, you know what? Don't be double-minded. Don't be double-minded. Stick with what you're asking God for. Just because a day or two passed doesn't mean, well, well, it didn't happen yet. I ought to change my mind. Maybe I need to tweak this thing, you know? It's not like a Google search. If you didn't put in the right set of words, they tell you, well, maybe you should change your sentence this way and make it fit. You know, stick with what. So I ask you this morning to search your heart as we continue this message, as we go through. Begin to frame in your heart and mind right now, Lord, what do I really, really need? Because I need to keep believing. Because there is hope. There is hope. I need to keep believing. I need for you to kind of narrow down what it is and, 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 and throw out all the fluff and all the other outside stuff and really zero in in your heart that I will not move from this position. This is what I want God to answer. Okay? Because if you can't, lots of stuff would clutter. Lots of stuff will jump in there. And then it's, an, it's like a buckshot. It's all scattered all over the place. Focus on what you really need from God this morning. And in faith, don't move from that position. God is faithful. There is hope. He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. So I wonder this morning if there's anyone who is in the midst of their struggle, have kind of gotten tired of the fight, tired of putting stuff up and it's not working and it's not happening. Have you begin as a result or a consequence to lose faith in your dream. You don't have to say anything, but let me see. You've been holding out for a dream. You've been holding out for something for a while. Let me see your head. Just, just, I'm not going to ask you what it is or nothing like that. That's inconsequential. You've been holding for something, right? And you're starting to, Lord, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Have you lost the essence of that ask? Huh? You know, look at, look at it again and, and renew your faith and your commitment to God that this will happen. God, I really don't have another choice. I don't have another person to go to. I don't have, another, I don't have a backup plan. I don't have a secondary situation. This is it, Lord. This is it. 
all the marbles, the whole farm, this is it, God. And by faith, I trust you. And I've said it over and over again, say it one more time. I am not concerned with the process. I am concerned with the outcome. So I focus on the outcome. It seems as though sometimes we fall into despair. And as long as the enemy could get us into despair, then he destroys our faith. If you can get someone into despair, you could destroy their faith. Because once you... Once I'm consumed in, in, in despair, oh my God, I'm bewildered. My faith begins to take a backstage to what I believe in God for. Because despair now sets in, takes over, and my faith is reduced. I can't believe, I can't trust God as I want to trust God. Right? David was a man who struggled just as some of us might be struggling today. And listen to what he said in Psalm 73 verses 1 through 3. Truly. God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. God is good to Israel, even to such as of a clean heart. What is David trying to tell you? The more you bring yourself in alignment with God, the greater your ability to receive from his hand. Did you get that? The more you align yourself to the will of God and his plan and purpose for you, the greater you increase your ability to receive from God. So David said, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, Psalm 73, verses 16 and 17, when I thought to notice, it was painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. So what would David say? David is saying, I got consumed in my stuff. I was struggling before the Lord. I know God is good to those who are of a clean heart, but time passed. And I'm getting kind of despair because I'm watching all kinds of ungodly people getting blessed left, right, and other. And I started to be consumed with why are they prospering and I'm not prospering. And he said, but until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord. <laughs> into, until I came into the presence of the Lord. Until, until I put a demand on the anointing and I walked into God's presence. He says, then he opened my eyes and said, and then I understood their end. So it took David, after his eyes got distracted, getting back into the presence of the Lord. Oh, this is deep, folks. When he gets back into the presence of the Lord, all of a sudden God reveals to him, don't worry about these guys. Their end is not so good. You have more than they will ever get. It looks like what they have is a whole lot. He said, but you have a whole lot more. You have the blessed assurance that you are with me. You're in the center of my will. I hold you in my arm. You are the apple of my eye. And there's a future and a hope for you. There is hope for you that they don't have. They may have houses and lands and all kinds of stuff, but they don't have what you have. You have an assurance that you will see me in glory. Just when I got into the sanctuary and the praise came all over me 
And the worship took me to a new level. He says, then my eyes saw and I was removed from my own little pity party and realized what God meant to me and what he's doing for me. So, so like many of us, David got sidetracked by looking at the world. His faith wavered when he began to look at how the ungodly prospered. Have you ever wondered how people who hate God and overtly hate God and they say some of the meanest, nastiest things about God? Um, I don't know about you, but you know, I, I watch the news quite a lot and I'm beginning to become so saddened by the commentary of people on television anymore who, oh my goodness. You know, my heart literally breaks and burdens for our country. When I first came here 30 something years ago, this was the ideal dream. America, the great, the beautiful, and, and I don't know, like something has eaten the soul of the country and there's a amoral, godless sense of just do whatever you want. Everything that seems right in a man's eye, let him just do it. And, and, and or the very foundations of Judeo-Christian principles that this nation was built upon is being eroded by people who could not care less, who would lie at the drop of a hat, who just have no sense of value, and just, oh Lord, help us. This really troubles me. <laughs> It really troubles me. We're, we, we are shifting into a dark place. No wonder why the Lord is warning me through dreams that there's a storm coming. And, and that it's, it's, it's not only just local. I mean, we have a, you know, everything is local until it becomes national. But I believe there is an awakening coming. There is a correction that is coming. If, if we don't get a correction, God will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah for wiping them out. I'm serious. He, 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 he wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah for, for that evil that they committed. If God don't correct America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because we are in a dark time, a very, very dark time. If I say any more, I'll get political, so I won't say any more. So David went into the temp tabernacle and, and, and he, he got his faith renewed he got his his hope he got his joy back you know um he, he stopped looking at those guys who were driving their nice cars and all that and 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 not because they were driving a nice car means that they enjoy the hope that you have today you know lots of people have lots of nice things but they're miserable miserable Oh, for the peace that we have in Christ Jesus. Oh, Lord, let's take a minute then. Thank God for that. The peace that we have in Jesus is worthy of thanking God. Listen, you are clothed and in your right mind and you're in an environment where the word is being poured all over you like fresh water and just restoring your soul and you're not afraid of the, the boogeyman coming to get you or, or the police coming to arrest you. The peace that we have, this bill may not be, but I have peace in my heart. Can I, can I brag it just a second? Let me tell you something. 
I absolutely, and, and please take this in the right spirit, I absolutely 102% believe I am in the best spiritual place I have ever been in my life. It took me all these years to arrive at that place. But I am in the best place that I have ever been in my life spiritually over the last year. Amidst all the stuff that's going on, there is this peace in my heart. I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. If I die this minute, I know God is waiting, ready to receive me. There is no argument nor trial as to, oh, what about that? And I know the peace that I have that passes all understanding, that I can lay me down to sleep. I don't go to bed and toss and turn because of any evil or sin or stuff. I sleep when I sleep. I wake up when I wake up. There's a peace that passes all understanding, that removes any condemnation and conviction from my heart. I am thankful. You need to thank God. To move to this place where there's absolute peace in your heart. If you don't have peace, you're troubled. If you don't have peace, you have torment. Fear heart torment. And absent of the peace of God, you're tormented. Think about that. I just thank God for it. That's all I can I thank God that, you know... I can do this without fear of contradiction, reprisals, and compromise. And God, I know whom I believed in and that he's able to keep that which I've given and committed to him against that day. That's where I'm at. I know that. And nobody, nobody, nobody can steal my peace nor my joy. I won't let you steal my peace nor my joy. No one. God's given me a peace. He's taken away my past. He's taken away my sin. And he's stuck a sign that says, no fishing. You can't go pull it back up. <laughs> Turn it into the lake of forgetfulness. No fishing. Don't touch it. Off limits. Just keep believing. When your eyes tell you your problem is too big, let your spirit man tell you, tell your eyes what he sees or what God sees. Okay? When these eyes tells you that your problem is too big, let your spirit man tell you what God is seeing. Okay? Paul says it uniquely. He says, we walk by faith and not by sight. That has to become real to you. We walk by faith. Remember, we start off talking about faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not going by what I see. What I see threatens my heart's condition. What I see makes me despair what I see brings me into a doubting place but Paul says hey hey learn not to let these things guide you it's not what I see with my eyes it's my feet that drives me there's all that in front of me but my faith says God can do anything anything but fail you remember that old song God can do anything, anything, anything. God can do anything but fail. Only the older folks will know that. You young people will know that new modern kind of music. We still stick with the old music that comes straight out of the Bible. Words actually that come out of the word of God. We sang the actual word of God straight out of the Bible. Take a verse and put music to it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So get your eyes on what God is doing in your life and in the lives of those around you. First Peter chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. 
And here again, he's continuing to prepare so he could get to that place of faith. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. Hmm? And his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you? If you be followers of that which is good. In other words, Paul say, who could hurt you if you're following God? Who could hurt you if your heart is right before God? Who could hurt you if you're walking in peace? He says, who is he that thinks he could mess with you when you... Oh my goodness, this is so good. <laughs> who is he that thinks he could mess with you when you're in the right place in God? They could try. People always try. And they may harass you. But who is it that can possibly do anything to you when you're in that right place with God? Oh, the enemy is mad against those who are righteous. I'm telling you, if nothing ain't going on, it's because nothing ain't going on. <laughs> you, know, you want me to qualify that? If nothing ain't going on with you, it's because nothing ain't going on with you. But if you dare to be righteous and pursue God, all of hell will take aim against you. And that's what I started off with the, with the verse. Count it all joy. Remember where I started at? In James chapter 1. Count it all joy when you suffer diverse temptations. When you go through these trials. Because what it's doing, it's purifying your feet. It's making you better. Count it all joy. So as, like I said, if nothing ain't going on, nothing ain't going on. But when something is going on, your faith will be tried. Your faith will be tested. You're going to find yourself brought to a place where you, you may even literally ask yourself, you know, I didn't have this kind of trouble when I wasn't serving God. Yeah, but you're on your way to hell too. You know? No troubles. Happy on your way to hell. <laughs> but because you've pursued God with a vigor and, and, and with all that's in you, then he, he, he doesn't like this. He just doesn't like this. It reminds me of my favorite MC Hammer song, Can't Touch This. Can't Touch This. Verse 13. Verse 13. You, you want to see Can't Touch This? And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Can't touch this. Who can mess with you? Who can mess with you who is it can do whatever they want to do to you if you be a follower of that which is good? There is hope. Keep believing. There is hope. Keep on believing. Matthew chapter 21 verse 42. Jesus said unto them, Did you never read in the scriptures that the stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner? That is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. So, you know, they may want to put you down. They may want to castigate you. They may want to say whatever they want against you. But what Jesus says, he said, you, that stone that the builder reject, you're going to become the most important stone in their building. <laughs> you become the cornerstone. It's you he's going to build it upon. Yeah. Malachi chapter 1 verse 5. And your eyes shall see and you shall see the Lord 
is magnified. The Lord will be magnified from one border to the next border of Israel. The Lord be magnified. He's going to, you know, David said something in the Psalms that I have always been intrigued by. He says, God, and catch this, it's very specific. He says, God, you have caused me to look prosperous. Think about that for a second. You've caused me to look prosperous. Now, prosperity comes from the Lord. But David said, you have not just prospered me. You caused me to look like I'm doing good. <laughs> um, you know, and for that, people would envy you because they don't know how you're doing it. They don't know how you're making it. But God's got you looking good. And, and, and everything's just, I mean, and look at it. He's looking good. You're looking good. What are you doing? Oh, it's the Lord. <laughs> it's the Lord. You know, you know I, sometimes in, in a fit of just being silly, people say, you <laughs> You're looking so good. And I say, you know what? That's just a bad habit. You know, it's just, <laughs> that's just a bad habit that I have looking good. <laughs> You'll get that soon or later. <laughs> Pastor, you're looking good. Yeah, bad habit. I, I just do that. <laughs> because God will cause you. There's so many people that think, boy, he must be just a gajillion here. No, it's God caused me to look good. It's a covert moment. He's showing off in you. You know, your enemies are looking at you and they say, like, but we thought he'd be dead by now. And we cursed him. And, this, and he's just bouncing around like he ain't got no sense. You know, it is the goodness of the Lord that keeps us in the land of the living. And it's the goodness of the Lord that causes the enemy to be so envious. And you know, what they should be saying is, tell me what you're doing. Yes. Tell me what you're doing. What's your secret? You know, how come you're smiling through? I know stuff's going on. I've been hearing stuff going on, but you seem to be smiling. How come you could smile through all of this? Because I have the peace of God in my heart. And I have an expected end in all of this. And I know that God is going to see me through because guess what? I put everything on him. I rest every, God, this is yours. God, this, you know what stuff I blame God for? A lot of stuff. God, this is not my problem. It's yours. It's <laughs> not my problem, God. This is yours. This is your problem. You promised to be with me always to the end. This is your problem. I put it on you. I'm going to bed. Bye. Good night. You know, God's grace on his hand. There is hope. There is hope. You just got to keep on believing. Keep on. Don't give up now. You've come too far to let go and turn back now. You've invested, Iris, you've invested a whole lot all these years. You keep going. You keep going. You keep going. You know? Just keep pushing through. We need to, we need to stop bragging about our problems and start bragging about God. You know? Um, <laughs> instead of waking up and talking about all the woes and the ills that you have just wake up saying God yeah God what a good God you are you caused me to see the rising of the sun in another day in the land of the living thank you Lord thank you Lord my feet may hurt, but my mouth could still praise you, Father God. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get what I say. Let, let, me, let me put a quote for you to write down. You shall have what you say. Think about that. 
Let that soak into your spirit for a while. You shall have what you say. Amen. Oh, dwell on that a moment because that is profoundly deep. You shall have what you say. Because if you say stupid stuff, you're going to have that. What the Bible says, there is life and death in the power of the tongue and he who desires the fruit will reap his bread. You shall have what you see. Stop bragging on your problems and start bragging on God. You shall have what you see. Speak what your heart's desire is in the Lord. Line up your life with God and he will sustain you. You shall have what you see. If you know that, stop saying bad stuff. Start saying good stuff. My God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think. Say that. The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that feared him and trusted in his name. Say that. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all his troubles. Say that. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And this is my heritage as a saint in Christ Jesus. Say that. You shall have what you say. Say the word of God. Repeat the word of God. Let the word of God pour all over you. He will heal my bread and my water. He will, he will touch me. He will heal my afflictions and my infirmities. Say that, you know. Talk it, through, talk it through even through your pain. <laughs> you know? Talk it, talk it through even through your pain. You wake up and you're hurting and everything feels like you're 100 years old and you're going through. But he is my healer. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my strength. He is my source. The Lord is my comforter in this moment of grief. God is my strength. He is my father. The Lord is my husband. He is my maker. Just talk through your pain. You shall have what you see. You're making the devil mad when you're not saying, oh God. That's what he wants you to confess. And so when you're confessing something else, he's going like, man, I'm throwing all this stuff at him. And that's what he's doing, praising God. One devil's biggest challenge. Hear me well this morning. One devil's biggest challenge is when he's thrown everything against you. To try to distract you. Send you through all kinds of trials and mishaps and accidents. And you come out of it going, thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. He is as mad as a wet hen because he's going like, I threw all this at him and he gets up saying, thank you, Jesus. Every time. You're making the devil mad when you go through a situation and instead of becoming overcome by the situation, you say, but thank God. To whom all glory flows. I give you thanks, Lord. I give you thanks for my house. I give you thanks for my food. I, I'm glad that you're going to bless my bread and my water. Oh, my God, I'm glad that you're going to multiply what's in my pantry. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My, my children are going to be disciples taught of the Lord, and great is their reward. Oh, 
Come on, people. <laughs> I thank God there is hope. Keep on believing. Believing. To believe is the greatest act there is. To take that mind that God has given you, that heart that's given you, and believe and trust in him against all odds. For when my eyes see what my eyes see, my heart says, but I trust God. I trust God. I trust God. Yeah. <laughs> He's my healer today. He's my miracle working God. He's my way maker. He can raise the dead things in our life to life again. Just because you might be down and out does not mean that God is down and out. He's a way maker. With just a touch of his hand, every problem that you're dealing with can be changed. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? Has he healed you? Amen. See, hands go up. Yes. Has he held your marriage together? Amen. Yes, he has. Has he blessed your finances? Yeah. How are you making it? Uh, have you ever noticed sometimes you don't, you cannot make sense with how much money is coming in as opposed to what's going out, but all the bills are getting paid? Have you ever seen that? And you're going like, but wait a minute. How did that happen? I should be in the red, but my bills are paid. Thank you, Jesus. That is a God thing. I don't know if in the realm of the spirit, he rearranged bills, he pushed back some. <laughs> I don't, but there's so many days I, I get up and I'm amazed. Our bills are current. But the money coming in was not matching what was but but God is it listen. How can I say it this morning? There is hope. You just gotta keep on believing. Just keep on believing. There is hope. Has has he saved your children? Then thank him. Thank him. Your circumstance will all will almost always be more than you can handle but when you stop magnifying the circumstance and start magnifying the god of your circumstance you will find that there's nothing too hard for him to do see if god could create a universe a world all that is in the world humanity if God could take a barren woman who was 90 years old and open her womb to bear Isaac if God could take a harlot, Rahab, to change a whole nation. If God could take a little shepherd boy and cause him to kill a giant, Goliath. If God could take a virgin and open her womb to conceive the Messiah. If God could open blind eyes and unstop deaf ears and heal leprosy and cause a lame man to walk and to resurrect his own dead body. I'm telling you, there is hope. There is hope. Keep on believing. I know he can take care of your circumstance. I know he can take care of my circumstance. I think worry comes when you try to figure out how he's going to do it. Think about that for a second. You stress out when you start to think how this thing is going to happen. You know what you're just doing there? You're figuring out how you could get it done. Become reckless in that aspect of your life. God... I'm not going to worry myself about how this is going to happen. I am by faith asking you to make this happen. I'm not going to think about it. 
you know i know i told you all last week about some miracles that i received and and you know i was simply saying god i don't know how you're gonna do this but you're gonna do it and then in in weird weird moments god will just say something like call that person or do this one thing remember how i got that million dollar property back up in oklahoma after months of everybody running like chicken with their neck cut off and stuff like that one day god just told me call that number there and i just randomly pick up the phone and call a number in the phone book it was supposed to go to a switchboard remember that story it was supposed to go to a switchboard the vice president of the entire corporation answered the phone it went straight to his office and he's like how you get this number <laughs> and i was quick on my feet i said a friend gave it to me <laughs> my friend is jesus jesus gave it to me it bypassed everybody it went to another city i call a local number and the phone rings on the remember that just said on the vice president desk at bank first and he begins to talk to me and i'm saying to him um well i'm trying to buy this building and you know what have you whatever and in a matter of few short days voila there it is whoop there it is whoop there it is you cannot be concerned with how things are going to work don't obsess yourself with the process i mean there is an art there to be refined in believers stop obsessing over the process focus on the outcome what do you want god to do once you arrive at that stop figuring how you're going to get it done because god is in an instant listen did he have to spit in the dirt and rub it up and make a little spittle and and wipe this guy blind eye he could there were other times he just said be open the other times he made mud spit and wipe it on the eyes <laughs> who's going to figure god no one can fathom him so he's going to do what he's going to do so if you just wait for the weird moment in god he's going to just tell you something like do this just just do this he's gonna put something in your head in your heart some send somebody away and in an accidental conversation that had nothing to do with nothing pops up an answer to your problem and you go like oh 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 you do that boom god just i could go on and on god just have a weird way of fixing your problem but you got to focus on the outcome not the process just keep believing when your ears hear the lies of the enemy let your spirit man tell your ears the truth that god has spoken <laughs> listen to your own heart listen to what the spirit of god is saying to you right now and i mean like right now take a 10 second off right now and train your spirit right now say god what are you saying to me even right now as Pastor Jeff is preaching, Lord, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay silent for the next ten or fifteen seconds just to give you an elementary training and listen to what the Spirit is saying. What is He saying to you right now? Listen.
There may be some little words formed in your spirit. Jot it down, hold on to it, because God will expand on that word as the day comes and goes. If you heard a word or two, pay attention to that word, because that might just be the skeletal structure of God's message to you. You know when you have a skeleton, you got to put flesh and meat on it and make it a whole functional person? What you may have just heard is a skeletal word that God is going to add stuff to as the day comes and goes. Just hear what the Spirit is saying, right? And, and hear what the Bible says. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. That's word. That's scripture. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church today. Revelation 12, 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So there's a cadre of demonic influence that got kicked out of heaven because they got too big for their britches, and they're in the earth realm trying to deceive understand something that the devil's only power over you is when you allow him to deceive you into thinking that God doesn't care about you. That's the power he has over you. When you allow him to deceive you into thinking that God don't care about you, God cares about you so much based on Psalm 139, that before you were even substance and had a form to you, God spoke you into existence before time was. That's how much he cares. There was nothing about you that existed and God spoke you into being. Before time was, he spoke you into being. He said, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Who are you that God would, would, before time existed, called you by name? And the Bible says he wrote you in a book before there was anything to you at all. He numbered your days. Who does that? Before there was anything about you, before a day had passed in your life, Psalm 139, God had already numbered your days and written your history. If he could do that before you were here, how much more do you think that he could take care of you? <laughs> he ordered you before you were. Selah. He ordered you before you were. What make you think he can't take care of you now? Before you ever was, he decided who you're going to be. He calculated the risk and the cost you had to him. And he pretty much says, I can handle you. Every need you could ever possibly have, I could fix it. I can handle it. Before you ever were, God designed your days. God designed your days. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He is a liar. He just wants you to think that God don't care about you. God cares about you. You know? Romans chapter 10 verses 13 through 17. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, the Lord, who had believed a report? So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come? Just what I'm doing right now. I am speaking faith to you. I am speaking in your hearing faith in God. Faith comes by hearing the good stories. Faith comes by hearing the good scenarios. Faith comes by hearing the words of God. Faith comes when you hear how good God loves you and how much he wants to take care of you and how there's nothing in your life that challenges God to the point where he's got to throw up his anger. Oh, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, you think God have a day like that? When he wakes up, I'm going, oh, look at what they're going to do in California. What am I going to do today? Now I can't focus on the rest of the world. Oh, California has just got me all so buzzed up and bound up. You know, God ain't like that. He that keepeth Israel neither slumber nor sleep. God is not drowsy. You know a slumbering spirit is a kind of drowsy spirit, unaware of its environment. People take advantage of the slumbering. You know when you're slumbering, people could tell you stuff and you'll never hear it. A slumbering spirit don't hear truth. Listen to me carefully. I'm giving you deep stuff. A slumbering spirit doesn't hear, hear truth. Because a slumbering spirit wants to stay slumbering. And so when you're speaking truth to a slumbering spirit, unless you get it out of that slumbering spirit, it doesn't hear what you're saying. Okay. Let me give you a physical example I'm sure that you all can identify with. Let's take my son back there, Josiah. And I know this is a living, a real situation. I don't know if you could remember this, but I'm half asleep. I'm lying down in the bed. I'm between the two, the two worlds. <laughs> he comes up to me and says, Dad, I'm going to take some money out of your money, okay? Out of your pocket, okay? I go, yeah, whatever, whatever. When I wake up and realize how much he took, I'm going, why did it? He said, but I told you, yes, he did. He did tell me. He did tell me. What happened? I didn't hear. I was slumbering. And so I said, yes. He's totally entitled to take what he wanted. I said, yes. But he caught me in that slumbering place. Oh, come on now. Huh? <laughs> I'm not sure. I can't remember. <laughs> a skillful ta a skillful tactician would try the same method again and again. Wait till I'm slumbering. When I just listen, I just lay down. Sleep feels so good. I'm not fully aware, and that's when you talk your best plans with me and get me to agree to anything because you know what? I just want to sleep right now. A slumbering spirit does not hear truth. 
You get it? Tell me the truth. So you can tell me anything you want or tell anybody anything they want. And so too the devil wants to catch you in a slumbering state and say, you know, it's going to be good. You know, you don't have to serve God like this. You're like, yeah, whatever. Okay, all right. You know, you could do this. Yeah, You don't hear truth. Wake up, wake up for the time. Draw it near. And we have less time than we had before. Now, even now the time approaches even quicker. There's less time now than there was before. Don't slumber and don't sleep. For he that keepeth Israel neither slumber nor does he sleep. In other words, God is awake and present. God is awake and present. If you need faith today, get into the word. Get your nose in the book. Stop missing so much church. That's for those of you who are not here. <laughs> Position yourself to hear the word of God. Okay, and here's it. If you miss church, go to the YouTube or the podcast. Get the word. Don't miss out on the word. Get it. Yeah. A few years ago, I could never write that in a sermon. Go to YouTube. You know, I'm funny. I wrote here, if you miss church, go to YouTube or the podcast. 10, 15 years ago, that would have been a non-starter. What I'm saying is there are so many avenues by which you can hear the word and keep up on the word and catch up on the word. We post the word, Mashiach uh, posts the word like every Monday or Tuesday or sometime around there. So it comes out pretty quick. Like I'm saying, um, I'm going to decide whether I'm going to post last week's message. I have to listen to it again. Uh, it was strong meat. I believe it was strong meat. So, don't let a week go by where you're not hiding yourself in the word or hide, hiding you know, the word in your heart of God. Luke chapter 9 verse 38 and 44. And behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is my only child. And lo, a spirit had taken him, and he suddenly cried out, and it cheered him that he foamed again, and bruising him, hardly departed from him. And I besought thy disciples to cast him out, and they could not. I went to the people who I believe ought to have what they should have to take care of this problem and they couldn't do it and jesus answering them said what the thing i've been saying all morning now he says oh faithless generation if you have faith if you believe god you could say to this mountain, be thou removed. You could say to every evil principality and power, in the name of Jesus, I command you. You see, it's not your power. It's not you. It's he that's living inside you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It's the power that's inside you. So I besought the disciples to cast him out, and they could not. And Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring the son hither. And as he was yet coming, the devil threw him down and tear him. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him and handed him back to his father. Oh my goodness. What is he saying? What is he saying? 
have faith. Believe that God is the only way. There is no secondary plan. It is God and God alone. You know? How many of all pray for a parking spot right up close to the front when you go to the grocery store? I do. I don't like walking all over 10 miles to get to the grocery store. Huh? Yeah. I pull up and I, I just sit and I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking, I must see somebody break light and then the reverse light come on. I'm right there. I'm waiting. Pull right in. Thank you, Lord. That's how we roll. <laughs> That's how, we, that's how we roll. You know, I ain't in this whole walking from the back end of the parking lot of the front. Uh, I used to do that when I was younger. Uh, <laughs> and they were amazed at the mighty power of God, but while they wondered, he was just warning them. He says, let these saying sink down deep in you, for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. In other words, I'm not going to always be here with you guys. You're going to have to develop your own faith. Ooh, that's powerful. Jesus just performed a tremendous miracle, right? In the eyes of his faithless disciples who couldn't believe to do what he was doing. And then he says, I'm doing this, but here's the real deal. I wouldn't always be here. You've got to take this mantle of faith and run with it now. This is for you to run with. This is for you to run with. Faith is for you now. Run with it. Let God begin to speak faith into your heart. Open your ears. Let God begin to speak faith into your heart. <clears throat> Find a place to pray and listen for the voice of God. If you haven't heard the voice of God lately, maybe today is a good day to start. Just put aside time. Just keep believing. When your feet tell you to run, let your spirit man tell your feet that about to encounter the giant slayer who lives inside you, the Holy Ghost. And I got a bunch of scripture on standing still. I'm going to just quote them to you. You could read it later. Job chapter 37, 14. Oh Job, stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Stand still. Psalm 4, verses 3 through 5. But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto you. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. I'm going to read this one. Exodus chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Because it's, it's powerful and pertinent to my message. Oh man, I got tons of scripture here. Sorry. Exodus chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Listen to this one with your heart. This is the children of Israel fighting their common enemy, the Egyptians. Verse 12. Sorry, it'll go away. Is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt? Saying, let us alone. Watch this, watch this, because the Israelites are now facing a challenge. 
and the enemy the egyptians have buffered them to the point where they're worn down and what they're pretty much saying is you could have just leave me in egypt i would have been fine there the beating that pharaoh put on me was okay i learned to accommodate and adjust and accept it but now you're taking me into this new place and i just can't you know, why didn't you just leave me but why didn't you just leave me where i was suffering and being miserable is that what you want no is not this the word that we did tell you in egypt saying let us alone that we may serve the egyptians there's a point in time when the enemy beat you up so bad you're just gonna like just leave me let me just i i can't deal no more let, let me just serve the egyptians for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. God is taking them to a new place. But they're not understanding the move of God. And so they're in the wilderness before they enter into their promise. You'll always be in a wilderness before you enter into your promise. God has to take you to a dry place and strip you. Hear me, people. God's got to take you to a place where he can strip you and rebuild you. And it's called the wilderness. And so when God took them to the wilderness, before he took them into his promise, they were like, this is too hard. At least when I was back in Egypt, I had a roof over my head. My taskmaster only beat me between 8 and 4. And I had the rest of the night to sleep and recover for the next day. I had food. I had clothing. Even though I had to make it myself, I had to spin straw into brick, but at least I know what the routine was like back in Egypt. Are you hearing me? I know what I had. It was bad, but at least I know that. Now you brought me into this wilderness before you take me to the promise. That's the part that focus on the outcome. You cried every day. God deliver us from our taskmaster. God deliver us from Pharaoh. God deliver us from the Egyptian bondage. And now he's moving them from the Egyptian bondage to the promise. And in the holding place before he could take them into the final promise where he had to shed them and get them all right and tune up to receive the promise. They're like, God, I don't get this wilderness thing. There is hope. Just keep believing. I don't get this wilderness thing. And Moses finally says, oh, this is the part I really like. Moses says, and Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. Stand still. Be firm about it. Stop wavering back and forth. Remember that early scripture? Stop tossing to and fro because a double-minded man don't get nothing. He said, fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, this Egyptian that you see today, you shall see them again no more forever. That giant of an Egyptian that you see today, stand still. Fear the Lord. And that giant you're looking at today, you won't see him ever again. Just keep believing. Just keep believing. There is hope. This giant that is coming against you, 
you have a giant slayer inside you. God is going to take him out. And then verse 14 says, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. How many times we've heard that this morning? The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. I'm going to skip out a bunch of stuff and jump down to the end. I have a ton of scripture here in case you need it. I can give it to you. You shall not need to fight this battle. Set yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ from you. Wherefore, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand, 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 all over. Just stand in scripture. Just hold your ground. Hold your ground. It looks like it's been a while, but hold your ground. You're closer to the miracle now than you were before. Hold your ground. Don't give up. Hold your ground. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. For those of you taking notes, let me just give you some scripture. I'm not going to go through them. First Corinthians 1 18. First Corinthians 2 14. Second Corinthians 4 4. Philippians 4 7. 1 Corinthians 2.16 Just keep believing when your heart tells you to quit. Luke 21.34 John 14.27, one of my favorite. Peace I leave with you. Not my peace I give unto you, not as the world give, it, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 1 John 3.20 Man, I didn't realize how much scripture I had down there. <laughs> Colossians 4.6 Philippians 4.8 Acts 2.25-27 Ephesians 4.29 Colossians 3, 7 through 9. And I'm going to finish with this scripture. So I'm 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And 40 verse 3. And he had put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto a God, many shall see it and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Let the devil and your circumstances know that your faith is in God today. Let the devil and your circumstances know that your faith is in God today. You are believing him to heal your situation. Keep on believing there is hope. Amen. Anybody want to receive? Thank you. Receive prayer. Just lift your hand up or you can stand up or we can. I just feel like I need to pray to encourage somebody's faith this morning. That's been tried and tested and battered and
taking a beating. The devil wants you to cry like the Egyptians. Why you didn't just leave me back there? Let me die. I had it good over there. It was bad, but at least I know what was going on. God is saying, but I'm taking you to a new promise. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I spoke your word, Lord God, that there is hope, so we need to just keep on believing. Hope, oh God, that there is no situation, there is no circumstance that can overtake you, Lord God, because you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. Lord, speak to everybody's heart here. Speak a word into their hearts. Give them a word this morning in their heart. Something that is unmistakable, that they will not shrink back from, they will not waver, they will not change their mind tomorrow. Lord, put such a concrete word in somebody's heart, Lord, Father God. Right now, right now. Janelle, your name just popped up in my spirit. God, you're about to give her a word, unshakable, unswervable, that you're going to stand on and believe in. And there is hope. Just keep believing. God is going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. God is remaking you right now for a greater purpose and call that he's placed on your life. Watch out. There's an opportunity about to open up for you in the area of ministry that dwarfs everything that you've done before. In the name of Jesus, you receive that. And anybody else who have ministry gifting or requirements in them, you grab a hold of that too. Father God, I just thank you. I just thank you for difficult, troublesome situations, Lord, that we have toiled and wrestled with to the point that we've come to just accept it. No more are we going to satisfy ourselves with, I should have stayed in Egypt. Egypt, at least I know what was going on. No, we're in a wilderness because we're getting prepared for the promise. From wilderness to promise, Lord God. God, prepare your people. Prepare your people to receive, Father God. Show them a vision of this thing done, finished, completed, changed in every which way, Lord, because there is hope. Help us, Lord, to keep on believing this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Yes. Amen. Amen. Amen.